0: Welcome back to Rome Boys. On this episode, we have a special guest, Dr. Ray Grindy. Ooh, (laughs) Dr. is in.
1: Yeah You <laughs> special. know I've been
2: noticing that every episode you guys do You say you have a special guest <laughs> you know, <laughs> You've been if, watching if, if everybody is special, nobody is special yeah. <laughs>
3: Everybody gets a purple ribbon, yeah, you too
1: Get a trophy for participation, right? <laughs> okay, okay <laughs> On this episode
0: we have an amazing guest, Dr. Ray <laughs> The best
2: amazingly, <laughs> <special. Yeah, laughs>
0: amazingly special Yeah, amazingly special Or we could say different that's That's been used <laughs> The recipient of the Humility Award for how many years in a row running?
2: I can't say because then I would
0: lose it
3: This <laughs> <laughs> is great We're going to read a bio about you Are you okay with that? Do we have permission?
2: Go
0: ahead no. now Most people don't like their anyway. bio, so would you like to do it? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well Dr. Ray Grindy is a Catholic father of 10 adopted children clinical psychologist, author, professional speaker, and the national radio and television host. His radio show, The Doctor is In, can be heard over 440 stations, including Sirius XM, Channel 130. His TV show, Living Right with Dr. Ray, can be seen on EWTN Global Catholic Network, and is aired in 140 countries. He is the author of many great books, and his most recent book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist, is a great read. Thank you again, uh, Dr. Ray, for joining us. I always <laughs> called you Father <laughs> father, father, of Ten. <laughs> Glad to be with you guys. Your right? Excellency. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for taking the time out. We know you're busy, and we know you you talk a lot, so sorry to make you talk some more, but yeah, <laughs> we're excited to have you here. Thanks.
0: I guess that's my first question. When you do speaking for a living, so on vacation, do you just like go on a silent retreat yeah, a <laughs>
2: Well, my wife has this weird idea about marriage that you have to communicate with each other. And oh. so I tell her, hey, look, Connie, I've talked to a lot of people for a long time. But can you just, do you mind? She, she's, she's old-fashioned that way.
0: Yeah. Nice. That's good. I just tell her, you know what? I'll listen, you talk.
3: <laughs> oh, you're married, I see.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we got the wisdom.
3: Uh, right. yeah, yeah. I, I married uh, my wife, and, uh, you know, she's just, she tells me, like, she's not about the communication. You know, the love languages, she's all about uh, acts of service, and I'm like, ah, I work all day. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, it so works. So, instead of talking, would you just do the dishes? And,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you can keep talking. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, just well, just saying, yeah.
2: Comment, okay, Jim, I want to comment on this love language thing since you brought it up. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, please. All right. <laughs>
1: I don't like it. Okay. And I'll tell you
2: why. Hmm. As Christians, we can give someone love in the way they would like it expressed. Okay, I got that part. Hmm. That's the part I agree with. The part I don't agree with is when we insist that they speak to us in the language we want. Mm-hmm.
3: That is bold. I like it. That's actually.
2: self-serving. Oh I, I agree. Oh, oh, that my wife my wife says, I love you but I'd really rather have her mow the lawn. Yeah. Jeez, she's not really speaking to me in my love language. <laughs> you see, she's really not expressing love. See, as Christians, and that's part of that Master Psychologist book, mm. as Christians, we don't have the right to make that demand.
3: That's a great point. You know, yeah.
1: it, wow. it's
3: interesting that you say that because, I, you know, um, I'm not saying I'm a you know profound psychologist like you, but mm. um, I would say that I've definitely had that thought, like, how selfish am I? This yeah, is uh, great. we've talked about the differences of ours uh, and how it's so difficult for us to do the that specific love language for the other person. Yeah. It's almost like uh, Melissa, my wife. She's like, I c- it's hard for me to even text you. You know how great you are and how much you mean to me. I just can't do it and I'm like it's the simplest thing in the world just text it yeah, yeah. I don't even care For if you sure mean it, it. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just do it well
2: you know what I do I text it and I have my wife sign it that's all I do <laughs> that's great
0: perfect
3: <laughs> I appreciate that that is a really good point it's like, okay, it is self serving okay hon, right.
0: just give me a list of things that you want me to text you yeah. and I'll just do on you know, a yeah. daily basis you know yes, copy ma'am. paste like yeah. you
2: know those letters that you go to when you do these marriage encounter weekends mm. and they have you write a letter yeah. Right? Yeah. and they want you to write the letter well I I did when I went one well I sent my wife I said honey just take notes and tell me what the weekend is like <laughs> but then I wrote the letter to me you know really extolling my accolades and then I just gave it to her and I said honey can you notarize this sign it,
0: <laughs> hey it worked right <laughs> yeah uh, That's why I love language. There it is. Is like, Honey, that was the best letter Dance. you've ever sent me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. See, this is
2: what happens when you get four guys together. Yeah. yeah. Within, well, within about eight minutes, we go down to middle school. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I wonder if people are just going to want to hear the show us laughing. But, yeah. I mean, hey. we love we bring joy. We yeah. bring
1: joy. That's right. Well, speaking of joy, good. like any funny stories? I mean, 10 adopted children. You have to have some stories to entertain us with. Um, I uh, mean, we, we have a yeah. few just from yesterday with our kids. but.
2: <laughs> I have uh, three white children, two Hispanic, two biracial, and three black. So when the kids were all under 12, my wife would troop through the grocery store, and people would see this. And some of them couldn't couldn't stifle their curiosity. They'd come up, is this some kind of club or something? <laughs> and some of them, you could see it in their eyes. They had this look that said, I don't think this guy knows what's going on. <laughs> and I'd usually, say, I'd usually say something like, well, I suspect her, but I can't catch her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's oh, uh, maybe it's unfortunate that we understand what you're saying right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Funny. I'm gonna choke up on this episode. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. that's
3: too funny. He's already crying. Oh, <laughs> He's choking up. This is too funny. But yeah, so all right. We're just, well, that's a funny story. Yeah. You yeah. asked the question, you yeah. answered counts. it. This, this is what we get. So, yeah. what
0: are some pros and cons of having a large family like that? You just said you had 10 and they were all under 12 at one point. I mean, yes, how far apart true. are they? I mean, how do you keep
1: your sanity? 12, 12, 11,
2: 10, 10, 9, 7, 4, 3, 2, and baby.
3: Oh, that's wow. awesome.
2: Wow. I was in a camper. Uh, and <laughs> that's how
3: you three, handle it now. yeah pretty much <laughs> man you know I, uh, I'm impressed uh, because I've got six daughters my wife and I and uh, they're like oh how old's your oldest and then you know all the questions you, you know all the questions how's the oldest what, you know anyways it's uh, you know I, I try to be very sharp in my response like you just you know spit the numbers out because if you don't you don't love your kids right 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 Obviously. Well,
2: apparently, you could tell people you have six estrogen Americans. (laughs) And given that, now you must hang in a relatively tight Catholic circle. Because outside of your small circle, you know exactly what happens. Well, don't you have a TV? Exactly. This is Uh, happening. When are you going to stop? Yeah. Aren't you going to get fixed? We live in an interesting culture, gentlemen. Hmm. We live in a culture that says sexually, you can do anything you want, and nobody should say a word about it. However, there's one thing you can't do, and that's have more than 1.86 children yep. when you're married to the same woman
1: mm-hmm.
3: It's insanity, so I guess what they're saying um, is if you are uh, if you have contraception in your life, then you're allowed to have a TV in your life
2: too. Uh-huh. It's exactly right. Well, it you know, t- somebody somebody said to us once, "Are these all your children?" And I said, "Oh, oh no!" I said, "The oldest is at home with the triplets."
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh no!
0: <laughs> no, uh, these aren't all of them. Yeah. I think that was an interesting point that you made that, that kind of slipped by there. That you said that you're not allowed to have one, more than one point eight six children to the same woman.
1: Uh, oh, yeah,
0: married exactly to the same right. woman.
2: It's an interesting sexual amorality in our culture. We have now decided that if you have more than your acceptable societally allowed number of children, we have the right to give you grief. Yeah, we have the right to critique you. We have the right to analyze you. We have the right to judge you. You are sucking up the rainforest. What oh, is yeah. wrong with you? Mm-hmm. It's an, it it's, it says it all, gentlemen. It says it all. It's it,
1: it's uh, yeah. It's I suppose it's traditional values too, right? So like you know whether it be pro life or being Catholic or whatever it is, is that that's all being attacked? You know, and it's well then nobody values. says
0: anything about the guy who has six kids with. Three or four different women, right, right? Yeah,
3: or or it's it's this that's his choice. This glorious thing about like, <laughs> kids. well, I always make sure that I clarify, and nothing, or whatever, I always make sure I clarify it's not a blended family. It's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, and that makes it even worse. Yeah, God, because you have deliberately decided to do this. Now you might be able to get away with it back when you had three girls because they would say. Well, you are still trying for your boy, right? Mm. You are still hoping for your. Every role. time you heard that, so, <laughs> every time so you get an exception, if you but but you could be on four like that and forget it. There is no exception. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are just you are just nuts.
3: It's like, yeah, okay. Well, if you had a boy, then the world can understand it, right? Like you get your pass, they can relate.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh my, that,
2: that is one of the. That is one of the things I talk about in Jesus, the master psychologist, because Jesus says, whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. Well, he he puts himself equal to little children. I mean, in those days, little kids were the least of the culture. They were down there with the slaves. They were down there with the outcasts yeah. and the sinners. And Jesus is saying, hey, you welcome those. You welcome me. So we Christians should follow our Lord's advice if he says, OK, OK. If I want you to have a child and you say, no, no, I've got enough. I've I've got one. I've got two. Then I'm really saying I'm smarter than God.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Because I tell God, I I don't want it. You don't know better than I do, God. I know me and my life and my circumstances better than you do. Mm -hmm. So therefore, which is interestingly enough, you know, I've been a shrink a long time. I've been shrinking for 40 years. (laughs) I have never yet heard a parent say to me, I think I had too many children.
1: Yes.
3: Oh,
2: yes. yes. I have heard so many say, I wish I would have had more children. And
1: isn't it the, the, the biggest regret of the elderly is, I wish I would have had more children okay. in my life? Like the people that are retired and you know, I, later years. Yes. We, so, had a
2: priest, we had a priest give a homily, and he said, oftentimes he will deal with an elderly who decided during their life to have one child, maybe two. Well, the one child now lives seven states away, mm-hmm. and the other child is estranged. Mm. And the elderly parent will say, I'm all alone now. Mm. Yep. I have no one, I have nothing. And and my priest friend is tempted to say, well, you made that choice uh, right. 40 years ago. right?" <clears throat> yeah.
3: You know, I uh, work in nursing homes and have since 2008, and that's kind of the only world I've been in. Um, and occupationally, <clears throat> and I I can absolutely reiterate the same things. It's always the case, and I've learned that um, in the United States, sixty five percent of people that live in nursing homes have no living relative whatsoever. Mm. They have no children. They have no brothers and sisters yes, just think about that they, you know we always think people in nursing homes let's pray for them because they're alone, right uh, I would counter that by saying those people that serve in nursing homes do not allow those people to feel alone uh, they uh, should be glorified in their job you know for taking care of those people and loving them that's our family but anyways, uh, don't let me get off on that tangent <laughs> too much. But you it realize is, you just lost the humility award by that last one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I am talking about myself in a way, but I'm talking about the team because <laughs> they're the ones that matter. Um, yeah, I'm not a nurse or a nurse aide. Let me clarify. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Call them out. It's good. Yeah, that's good. I need it. You You're Mr.
1: Humility. So. I need it.
3: Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's incredible to see, you know, 1% of people in our country uh, live in a nursing home. So um, it may not be a large percent, but that's a lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of people in our society that have no one else. Uh, But imagine if they had a big family.
2: Uh, Yeah. Let me share with you something. You, You touched a good point there. One of the things that I talk about, psychology where it clashes with Christianity is psychology says, well, that's outside of my comfort zone, hmm. okay? I, I I really feel ill at ease. I feel anxious. That's not my comfort zone. Christians are supposed to have a very, very broad comfort zone, if not no comfort zone. And by that, I mean this. A lot of people would say, I know I, I, my aunt's in a nursing home, and, and, I, and I know I should go visit her, but, you know, <sighs> She's confused, and it smells like urine, and I just, Mm. I don't know. I just, I just, it's way beyond my comfort zone. Yep. And I want to say, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, you don't have that excuse. Right. Mm. You can't say, I can't do that because I'm anxious about doing that. You are told by your, by your shepherd you're supposed to do that. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Goodness gracious.
1: Well, back to with marriage and families, you know, seven kids, five kids, six kids, you know, we're in the thick of things right now. What's the secret sauce of having a holy marriage and a holy family and raising at least halfway decent kids? That's our goal. Not complex. Do what the woman tells
2: you and nobody gets hurt. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's like a hostage situation. Okay. Is this what I signed up for? (laughs) One of the things I hear most from women, gentlemen, and I don't know why this has happened, we have really taken men in our culture and emasculated them. Mm-hmm. So more and more women are telling me they, they are the authorities in their home. Yeah. They set the rules. They set the standards. They set the tone. They do the bulk of the disciplining. An old Disney dad over there. Uh. Mr. Good Time, Mr. Laid Back, Mr. Oblivious, yeah. Mr. Honey. I was that way when I was a kid. I think I turned out pretty good. And the women are thinking, let's gather the relatives and vote. <laughs> so what I tell the guys is you protect that woman. Mm. If you hear her locked into a battle with a kid, don't sit in a barking lounge. You're waiting for her to flail her way out of it, thinking to yourself, I don't know which one of them's a nine-year-old.
1: Mm. Mm. Get
2: in there and protect her. Right. Yeah. My wife, my wife and I had a rule in our house that, that worked. The person who sets the rule rules. In other words, with my five boys, I really was proud when they could burp the alphabet at the table without taking a breath all the way to L. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, definitely. Understood. My wife did not like that. Oh, okay, come on. So her rule was you can't burp the alphabet at the table. All right, I got it. So if she rules, she rules. The other rule was three stooges. Now, me and the boys wanted to watch The Three Stooges. My wife, like most women, said, that's ridiculous. That's not even funny. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, yeah, see you, yeah. so, when you, You could get an MIT physicist, a nuclear particle biologist, watching the three stooges and within two minutes they'd be nip, 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 nip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the women would go that's just disgusting that's, that's not even funny that's just right so me and the boys we couldn't watch the three stooges really until my wife gave us permission all right i'm not gonna fight with her it's a good rule it's a higher rule than mine i'm gonna live by it mm, yeah. okay so one of the things i tell the guys you know Protect your wife. Back up your wife. You may not like her style. You may think she's too wordy. You may think she argues too much. You may think she nags too much. You may think she gets into these knockdown verbal battles. Step in, pull the plug, and protect her. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you, she'll feel very
2: warm towards you. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark Hart, we were talking to him, and he said, you know, make sure you just lay a good one on your wife in front of your kids. You know, let them know. <laughs> It's great, you know. Just make them uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's what he said. There it
0: is. Uh, it's great. When your
2: wife can't say, "Don't touch me." You're sweaty. Yeah, yeah right, right.
0: That it's, happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mr. True. Farmer here. Oh, no. You're dirty. Yeah. Go take a shower. So,
3: um, which how old your oldest now? Twelve. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah. Yeah. 34.
2: Sorry. Yeah, we got married in kindergarten.
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what all Catholics do, right? <laughs> That's uh, pretty good.
0: Yeah. So if you had five minutes to speak to all parents of the world, what would your be what would your advice be to them? What would you want would to tell think. them? Yeah. All right,
2: boys, I'm going to narrow it down <coughs> to American culture. All right. Oh. To raise the kind of kid you want to raise, to raise that one in a hundred kid that everybody seems to want to raise. They don't want to raise an average kid. They want to raise mm-hmm. a one in a hundred kid, morals, character, seeking God, achievement. You have to stand strong against a culture no longer on your side. Mm. It's that simple. The culture will shape your children in ways that you have no idea. And one day you don't want to look at that kid at age 20 and say, what the hell happened?
3: Mm -hmm. I didn't
2: raise him this way. This is not what we taught him. How does he think this way? He's rejecting religion. He is simply mouthing the dominant morals of our culture. We didn't raise him that way. And many of these people in my office, and by the way, this is now the number one referral I get, I will say, I believe you. I know you didn't raise him that way. But you underestimated the power of what did mm. you allowed way too much pop culture, pop media, pop videos, pop smartphone, everything into shaping who this kid is. Do you know the average age of a smartphone right now, man? Hmm. Oh, nine, no. nine, nine to ten. Oh my! If, really? your kid is, if your kid is thirteen and doesn't have a smartphone. You are now down around 2%. Yep, somewhere that, in there. That's us. <laughs> do you realize how strong you have to be to stand against a culture wow. like that?
3: Yeah. Yes.
2: Your relatives, your, your parents, people all around you think you're a lunatic with your standard. Yep. And what they do is they tell you, you know, your children are going to rebel. You know, if your standards are too high, they're gonna get sneaky and deceptive and they're gonna go behind your back and you're gonna see what happened. I had a friend once Uh, who lived out in California who didn't let their daughter date till she was seventeen, and I'll tell you we don't know where she is right now because (laughs) she's sleeping with every guy she can find. (laughs) That's what they do to you. Right. It's It's, a total myth,
3: but that's what they do to you. Sure. Yeah. And for what benefit? You know, like let's put the temptation right in their hand. Here you go. (laughs) Well, we're
0: three homeschool families. Mm-hmm. We all homeschool our kids, and our uh, biggest. Well, yeah, uh, uh, okay, uh, okay. So I participate. Okay. So. <laughs> I do ten percent. You
2: guys are like me. People say, "Are you a homeschooling father?" I say, "Yeah." Once, when my kid was in the eighth grade, he dropped a pencil. I said, Hey, tell your brother to pick that up. for just
0: to do my share. Exactly. <laughs> what we're the principals. That's why. There it you does. go. Lacey, you know, my wife just tells me that I'm the principal. So, you know, there but you anyway. Made this man. Well, <laughs> one of the main reasons why we homeschool is because, you know, how many hours do they spend in. An environment that we don't know what they're being taught anymore by, you know, whatever standards the education, public education system decides, you know, basically they are being taught to take a test Mm -hmm. for most of it. But they're spending 40 hours a week with somebody else, and then they have a few hours with us before they go to bed, Mm -hmm. and then they get up in the morning and go back to that environment. We don't ever –
1: they would – you we're not ra- You're not raising your kids, right? Yeah, it's and that's <laughs> someone else's.
3: That's a bold statement. I mean, there's the majority of people are. You know, I was, we were all public school students, um, but uh, it's we just, I guess, saw what was out there.
1: I mean and one of my students when I was teaching said, Mr. Fresco, I see you more than my parents. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Right from the mouth of babes, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah, once
2: the once the public schools have decided that it is their duty, and more and more of them are deciding this, mm. that it is their duty to shape how a child thinks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Morally and culturally and even religiously, that's when parents who say, I want to raise kids to seek God are going to have to make some tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm.
3: We're in a cultural crossroads right now where uh, you see a lot of people, and it's even making top headlines. I think it was like Megyn Kelly or somebody um, that uh, took her kids out of the school because of all the pressures of every week asking her son, um, are you sure you're a boy this week? Oh, my. And uh, so it's, it's, it's like there's a lot of people. There's a huge movement. And there was a you know a, a low vibration at one point, you know, where, that you could hear in the airwaves people homeschooling more, right? But there's mass exodus going on. The,
1: I, the downward spire of our culture. I mean, it's like it's like a roller coaster, it's so fast. Like what can we do? Give us some hope, Dr. Ray. Like, I mean how, yeah. It is Edgar a mass. R.
2: Morrow. Remember him, he was a, you guys are too young to maybe know that, but he was like a top journalist, Edgar R. Morrow. And he said, Just because your voice reaches halfway around the world doesn't mean you are any smarter Hmm. than when it only reached to the end of the bar. Hmm. Hmm. The point is this. With mass communication, we are able to influence millions of people at a time. Mm -hmm. For most of human history, what influenced you was your family, your clan, or your tribe. Mm -hmm. It took the Roman Empire 400 years to collapse, Mm -hmm. okay, because little by little by little the attitudes were changed. Now we can change an attitude. I I saw a survey, I saw a Pew survey. Within five years, the number of people who thought it was okay to live before marriage, Mm -hmm went from like 60 some percent to 87 percent, 87 percent thought it was okay to live before marriage. Wow. Uh, the number of people who thought that marriage was important plummeted, plummeted in five years. Mm-hmm. So the media, the entertainment industry is so, so good mm-hmm. at looking like our way of thinking, our way of doing is far better than those old throwback Neanderthals that have religion. Yeah. As a result, I tell parents, one, you have to be hyper vigilant. You just have to notice this stuff. Two, you better stand strong. You better recognize that you're not going to be understood. Hmm. You're going to be critiqued. You're going to be analyzed. You're going to be second guessed. You're going to be made to feel like psychologically you are way off the track. That's going to happen. But I always tell parents this. If my kids go astray, I want it to be because they had to climb over me, mm-hmm. not because I stepped aside. Nice. Wow. Wow. I can live with myself.
3: There you if go. I had to climb over me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was... Man, that was a good
1: one. I, I gave you chills. That was, was awesome. Again.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's taken a stance. Yeah. So today, uh, we're recording here on September 11th, the 20th anniversary, you know, the um, the Pentagon uh, director, or whatever, said uh, just last night, I, I saw something where he said, uh, there are kids that are uh, weren't even alive when 9-11 happened. Uh, and so uh, they followed that up with a bunch of interviews about, you know, how important is this uh, to you or what were you taught about? And they said, you know, just it's amazing to see the co- college-level student mentality on this that the media is portraying. I'm not saying that's what they all think. But um, just the the rate of change of the mentality of the culture is so fast. It's scary because um, technology moves at like 100 times faster uh, than you know human evolvement. And so it just makes me think, are the end times near? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't claim that. But what are your thoughts on that?
2: We have created technology that humans are not able to handle. Mm -hmm. And it is, I draw a parallel, it is putting a machine gun in the hand of a three-year-old. Yeah. is, Is what we have done. So those people who wish to raise children to still seek the infinite have now got to realize what they have to do. They can't go with the flow of the culture anymore. When that 12-year-old girl comes home and says, every single person in my class has a smartphone. Hmm. How could all those people be wrong and you be right? Hmm. As a parent, you have to weather that and you have to recognize that that kid could get resentful. They're looking around. They're saying, wait a minute. You're the, you're the weirdo, mom. Yep. But, but here's the key. I think this is This is critical all of our kids are adopted and we adopted two four-year-olds that were pretty much out of control Uh, they were Mm. they were just left to kind of run undisciplined. at some point after they came to us about three four months down the road i said to my wife i said man you know john and joanna are getting way more than their share of discipline and we got to do something about this maybe maybe why don't we do this and why don't we lower our standards a little bit for john and joe until they get this now, my wife, being a sensitive, nurturant, sharing person, said, Ray, you big dummy. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she didn't say that, but she paused long enough that I knew she was thinking it. <laughs> she said, how can we do that, Ray? I mean, how will you do that? Will-, will we say John and Joe can throw a 12-minute fit and the other kids are going to get stopped at one minute? <laughs> what- how, do you- how do you do that? She said this. We got to make sure. That for John and Joanna, we give a lot more hugs and kisses, mm. a lot more tucks in good night, a lot more I love you's, because otherwise the relationship could become out of balance. Mm. And this is what I tell parents. If you have super high standards, I mean, you're looking around you and you're thinking, my gosh, you know, the things that, that I expect or the fact that I, I don't have a television or the fact that my kid doesn't have the latest Grand Theft Auto Sunset mm. C6 video game, mm. then I better make sure this kid knows how much I love him. I better hug him constantly. I better give him kisses. I better just be affectionate. And if you're a guy that says, oh, that's not me. And I tell these guys, then it better be you. Yeah. Yes. You better do this. You know, my my one son, my youngest son played basketball. And before the games, I'd sit in the bench and I'd wait for the right time. And you know what I did, guys? I went down to the bench and I grabbed him and I hugged him. And I kissed him on the cheek, hmm. right in front of his, cool. right in front of his teammates, man. Yeah, there was no way that kid was not going to let me hug and kiss him. I'm mm-hmm. Italian, you know. When I kiss you, yes. I kiss so, <laughs> and I told him, I said, you know, you, know, you got to give words of encouragement. I said, Petey, try not to stink the joint out. <laughs> and he would laugh, and I'd laugh. You know what he told me later, man? He told me later that a couple of the guys came up to him. And said, "I wish my dad." Sure, do that. they were all thinking it. Amen. Yes,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely. We have allowed
2: ourselves to be bullied by the teen peer group rules that say you can't show affection to your kid out in public when he's 13.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Nope, I'm going to go against that culture So, yeah, yeah. no problem
1: And it reminds me of the narrow path of Christ, right? <laughs> it's it's narrow, and so Everybody has a cell phone, and this one kid Doesn't, that probably is the right path <laughs> You can't go with yeah, the tide Good point mm-hmm, Yep. So you've done lots of travels, you have the Doctors in, you get questions all the time Any random questions, you're like, whoa Never heard this one before, they're like that, Where did that come from? It's kind of like fun uh. Almost never. Nothing surprises (laughs) you anymore, I bet. (laughs) Not because I'm so smart. It's because
2: I'm so old. You've been doing this for 40 years, man. You've heard everything. I'll tell you the two top ones that I get now that I didn't get 10, no, maybe 15 years ago. The first one is my kid has left the faith. My kid is on a wayward path. My kid is ruining her life my kid is doing all kinds of things and I'm trying to pick up the pieces and we're estranged and we're not even allowed to see the grandchildren. Okay. Mm. That one is just overwhelming. Okay. That's Mm. just coming at me. Mm. The other one is, Gender confusion. Oh my wow. God. Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, I never got sure. these kinds of questions. Now they're coming from everywhere. My daughter thinks she's a boy. My son wants to transgender. My son just says he doesn't know if he's bisexual or cisgender. Oh. They're reflecting the culture. The mm-hmm. culture is pushing right. all kinds of sexual confusion on our kids. And then when they're absorbing it, we turn around. And we don't declare that there's a social component in it. We simply assume that that's exactly the way it is because the child declares it. Hmm. Those are the two that I'm getting more than anything than I didn't get 10, 15 years ago.
3: So so let, let me ask then, it, Are we? should we just, I'm sure there's different answers, but um, do we shelter our kids hmm. uh, from that conversation or do we have it with them once or constantly, constantly. or are we... Ongoing dialogue, right? (laughs) Get out and not um, get into the culture in some ways. I don't know. I just I see some um, some religions where they have an entire village and they basically just stay within that village, and their life looks amazing. You know, you can't blame them a lot. (laughs) Yes. So,
2: well, in my experience, gentlemen, it does look amazing in the short term. hmm. Unfortunately, they seem to follow the same problems that we have, which is once the kids are exposed. They're not sure what to make of it. I would say several things. One of the big arguments against parents who are trying to navigate the culture is, you know, you can't protect them forever. That's the real world out there. What are you going to do when they get out there? They're going to be shell-shocked. And my answer to that is, I'm not trying to protect them forever. I'm trying to slow the pace
1: Hmm. of the
2: world assaulting them. So that when they do get exposed to it, they're more likely to be able to handle it. It's a total upside down myth that says when he's exposed to it at age 14, he's going to collapse. So you might as well expose it to him when he's six. (laughs) No, it's exactly the opposite. The six-year-old can't handle it. The 14-year-old is much better shaped to handle it because he had eight more years of you. So that's the first thing. The second thing I just forgot. (laughs) <laughs> because I went too long on the first thing, you, you know. You brought up the point. What was it you were saying? Because I want to answer that it was critical.
3: Well, uh, so
0: the, I, you know, I kind of reflect on two points that. Um, well, it was mainly was do we have that conversation with them? Do we? Yeah, talk that's it. Yes, yeah.
2: that's it. One of the things you got to ask the kids: what are you hearing?
0: Yeah. Who's
2: telling you what?
0: See what their mind is thinking
3: and where they are. Yes, they're, you let
2: know. me hear what you're hearing, and let me, let me understand what you think about this. Because most of us as parents, it's easy to not explain morality. It's much easier to say, well, this is what the church teaches, you know, right. and this is we believe in God, and we believe in Jesus, and he yeah. says this. Yeah. Well, we don't live in a culture like that anymore. My grandmother came here when she was eight years old through Ellis Island. If the priest said it, that's it. Yep. That's the way it was. The priest said it. Yep. Well, not now. Yeah. Your no. kid's gonna go. Well, why? I don't, I, you know. You know what I've heard. My, my friends are telling me that. So you, as a parent, better be prepared to say, "Let me explain why hmm. the church teaches this. Let me explain why Jesus says this is the best way to live."
3: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Morality
2: yeah. is logical. Immorality mm-hmm. is illogical. Amen. It's, it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. It is. As parents, I want to know what you're thinking. I want yeah. to know what's inside your head. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and dispute it right away quick. I want, to get, I want to understand the details, the nitty-gritty of why you think that at age 13, you can decide you're no longer a girl. Yes. How did you come up with this idea?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I want to go back to the – I mean, it's all great. Uh, but that first question that you get dealt with is, uh, you know, yeah. we're estranged. Uh, our, my kids don't allow them to see my, my grandkids or all that stuff. Could that be because they're trying to parent too late? Like That is
2: really a common scenario. I get a lot of calls on the radio show of generally grandmas, generally grandmas. And there's a reality that the ladies, the research backs this up, the ladies are more socially outspoken about mm. these things. Okay. Yeah. So as a result, they underestimate, perhaps... Their daughter or their daughter-in-laws, and it's more likely that dynamic mm-hmm. reaction to me telling you how to raise your kid, mm-hmm. what you're doing wrong. Well, uh, do you uh, you know, do you think you should let him eat that? Was that that's not? Why are you letting him eat that? And the daughter-in-law is thinking, don't talk, don't tell me how to raise my kid. Mm-hmm. So there is that component where if we don't shut our mouths, we we could irritate, and we won't even realize we're irritating. And it builds. That's that's the first thing. There is advice given to mothers and mother in laws on their daughter's wedding day, which I think suits well. Grandparents, sit up, shut up, and wear beige. (laughs) I've never heard that. Yeah, like that's the first thing. The second thing is, unfortunately, many of the callers that I get because they practice their faith. Because they're faithfully Catholic and their daughter, their daughter-in-law, their son, their son-in-law has moved away from the faith. They are not on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. morally, child rearingly, all of that. So because of that, there is this disconnect between the way it should be done properly Mm -hmm. and the younger adults don't want to hear it. Or even, Mm -hmm. even if you don't say it, they know you think it. So there's this automatic defensiveness that comes up. And unfortunately, one of the things that happens is they use the grandkids as a weapon.
1: Mm. Now,
2: Uh one of the things I've told grandparents, whether you agree or whether you disagree with the way those children are being raised, you do not undercut those parents. You do not say, I'm going to let you watch this over here because I know your mom won't let you watch it. And I want you to see this Mm. because I don't see any problem with watching this. You're a child, you're nine years old, you should be able to handle it. No, you do that. I've even advised parents. If you have parents, grandparents who undercut your parenting, they're forcing you into making a decision. Yeah, And that decision is you can't be around your grandparents without me being there too. Wow. Mm. Because you can't trust them yes, right. say all the time. You know, let's yeah. say a mother, for whatever the reason, she has this thing about sugar. Okay, I don't agree with that. The research doesn't back it up. But she's mom, and she doesn't want the kids having sugar. So first thing that happens if the kids go somewhere with the grandma, uh, you finish your ice cream before I give you four more cookies. Because, <laughs> because grandma has to compensate. Grandma yeah. has to say, look, your mother's ripping off your childhood in this dimension, so I'm going to compensate for you. Mm-hmm. Don't tell your mom. Yeah. It, well, it's going to get back, especially if you have an eight-year-old daughter. Yeah. Eight-year-old daughters are narcs, man. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you know that. Yeah. It's quite diminishing as a parent. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm not speaking from experience, uh, but sure. it, it really is It's, it's painful. Uh, and and I think it's because it's like, hey, my kids are now seeing that the outside world is going to give them all the things that my parents won't and uh, maybe my parents don't have what's best in store for me because my grandparents love me. They love me as much as my parents. So it seems. Yeah. yeah. And I get the the candy. You yeah. know. Uh, because
1: that's love, right? Getting. Yeah. From yeah. Me it's that selfish. Yeah.
2: yeah. There's two levels to that. The first level is absolutely my parents don't seem to be acting like other grownups. That's one. Yeah. The other level is much more insidious, which is. The parent is afraid that the child, psychologically speaking, is going to brew and stew and build up all kinds of hidden resentments Hmm. that are going to pop up when they're 17 and say, you know, you made me go to church. That's why I don't want to go to church. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. uh, Absolutely. We all we all get it. You know, you say it and it's unfortunately so relevant to the point and mm.
1: can you speak on your first question so you know the parent comes and the kid has fallen away what's your advice to the parent um, now that they can't parent so much anymore okay. you're always a parent but you know
2: you guys can help me out on this so a parent comes to me and from everything i've looked at the parent tried i mean within human reason the parent tried to raise the kid well and to seek the faith yeah they maybe weren't the most Faith-filled parent, but they, but they, their heart was in the right place, and they tried. And the parents beating themselves up. Where did I go wrong? Why was I deficient? You know, maybe we should have prayed the rosary and Aramaic as we knelt on broken glass when we <laughs> levitated. You know, we just didn't mess up. We just didn't fess up. Okay. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, man. you just answer yes or no? Okay. Is there a God? Yes. Is Christ God? Yes. Okay. Was he sinless?
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Could he perform miracles? Yes. Yes. Did he have a perfect understanding of human nature? Yes. Could he get most people to follow him?
1: No. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: no.
2: So so you think you're better at this than the God man, huh? Mm. So you think you've got the spiritual formula to guarantee that your child is going to embrace the faith. Mm. Can you do a miracle? You can't even do a crummy card trick. (laughs) Mm.
3: It's I can't true. even
1: make breakfast. So, <laughs>
3: it's, uh, Gosh, it does remind me, you know, it, the end of Revelation. It, it says, after all of, the thi- all of these things, let the righteous be righteous and the filthy be filthy. And I'm reminded, they're God's children before they're mine. Amen. And, you know, they have free will and they, mm. they have every I can't compel them against their will, right? God doesn't right. compel us. Sure. Just sure. All I of tell the-
2: people I got some children probably going to serve a church, some probably going to ter- serve time, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, I always ask myself, um, like, how is it that I came from this family and I have two half brothers that struggle? Um, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. How? Is, I mean, we're just polar opposites. Mm-hmm. But it, it tells the grace
2: of God that yeah. we have to be very slow to look at somebody else and say yeah. they're lost. We, we can't uh-huh. say that. I mean, That's right, a good point. Right. right. My one son is, is a very thoughtful young kid, and his brother struggles. And my son said to me, the thoughtful son said, you know, Dad, God is going to judge me very differently uh, than he judges so-and-so. That's a good point. Because this, this other son was exposed to drugs and alcohol in the womb. Uh, he was developmentally delayed. He has an awful lot of quirks in his personality. And the more thoughtful son says, you know, I've been given the grace to be able to see certain things that God has allowed me to see. So I cannot, in any, any, any way, feel superior to my brother.
3: Let me just say, no. you just uh, spelled out my story to a T. So, yeah. thanks for looking into my soul.
2: <laughs> well, a couple of your. Uh, stepbrothers contacted me and said, you're the, the program because we can't talk to him. him you're freaking out. me out, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, the, the church is in crisis right now. I mean, gosh, it's just a mess, right? And so what can we do as Catholics to stay on the narrow path and just get our church to get back on track to be the evangelization of the gospel?
0: When was it not in a mess? Yeah, this is true. <laughs>
2: That's like, isn't exactly it? right. Are,
1: this is true. <laughs>
2: They, I was reading, I was listening to a show, and the man was talking about the history of the papacy.
1: Hmm.
2: Oh man, there were some there's, bad times. Some there were some really bad times. Mm-hmm. There was a couple hundred years mm-hmm. of yeah. bad times. Yeah. So we, we got to keep in mind wherever humans are, this is this is this is the name of the game. This okay. is the picture. Yeah. yeah. The it is. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> We, we can look at this and go, oh, man, we're just unraveling. We're going to hell in a handbasket. Yes and no. Uh, if you have a broad perspective, you recognize that this has always kind of been the way. Well, think about it this way. Our Lord picked 12 guys. One of them betrayed him, and 11 of them ran. Mm-hmm. Now, did Jesus need a better human resource department? Uh, did he Did he not vet his guys right? Yeah. Yeah. Story here. They were handpicked by God. Mm -hmm. And they still had their moments. Mm. So you gotta keep you gotta keep that in mind. Mm
3: -hmm. Right. Yeah, I I think you had a pretty good HR PR person because they picked Mary. Right. There you go.
2: (laughs) Well, it's like it's like this. Can you imagine our Lord getting caught up in psychological correctness? He he'd go up to Peter and he'd say, "Yeah, Simon, you know. For a little bit there, I I toyed with changing your name to Peter, but I really wasn't sure what that would do to your self-image. I mean, you have seen yourself as a Simon, and now I change it to Peter, which which changes your whole identity. I could have untoward psychological repercussions. (laughs) However, I've spoken to my father, and he believes you have a future in this operation. If you can conceive it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. Twelve more weeks of Tony Robbins management courses, Simon. You'll run this outfit. <laughs> and I just don't think that's the way it was. That's
3: really <laughs>
2: funny. But good comic yeah. relief. Yeah. It's ah, true. Very
1: Gosh, very it's so true.
0: Very well, I've been told the story of, uh, you know, Somebody asks, like, oh, how can you be Catholic in this, the, the way the church is just so bad? And yeah. he said, well, we survived the worst thing that ever happened in Christianity. And they were like, what, sex abuse scandal? This, you know, this yeah. and that, just kind of throwing them all out there. He goes, no, Jesus being betrayed and crucified. Yeah.
1: We killed God.
2: Yeah. We killed God. I mean, what's, what's a lot? Anything worse than that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Amen. Gosh. Peter, I don't know that guy. Yeah. No. No, I wasn't with him. That's all of us. Yeah. yeah. Just, I do not know him. That's yeah. a, a
3: really good point.
2: I will say this though, guys, you know, when I was growing up
3: in the, in the early thirties, uh, <laughs> <laughs> automobile was nice, wasn't it? You heard about that?
2: The culture was, was much more nominally Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Catholic churches, the schools were huge. The Christ- nuns. Christendom, there. right? <laughs> the yeah, time we, we had, we had priests coming out of everywhere. So, so the Catholic identity was part of the air we breathed.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
2: But part of that was just, I don't want to say social, and I don't want to say ethnic, but there were a lot of reasons to be Catholic at that time because it was it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you're going to be Catholic you're definitely going to be countercultural. Mm-hmm. If you're going to take your faith seriously, you don't you don't mesh well with the way this culture thinks. Yeah. So as a result, the people who are coming to the Catholic faith want it. Right. Uh, young people, they want it and they are more zealous, they are more likely to start apostolates, they are more likely to get into the media. We're getting tons of converts who have established radio stations and media and stuff that you guys do. I come back to the church. I was gone for eight years. I came back. Yeah. And as a result, I got—I went from secular media into Catholic media. Mm-hmm. So there there are those brush fires all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something to keep in mind.
3: That's a, mm-hmm. a great point. We Tony and I, um, just on the way over here, uh, we were having this conversation. It's um, It's awesome.
0: Well, Christianity just exploded in persecution. Yep, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're seeing now. It's it's here.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's true. Mm -hmm.
3: It's true. This has been great. Thank you, you, doctor. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, we'll make sure that you know uh, we'll give you you know the name of where you need to cash or uh, write the check to so uh you're my welcome. bank
2: said my bank said not to take your guys's checks right.
3: guys's no 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 <laughs> i meant for you to pay us yeah, i heard that obviously <laughs> you're not gonna get a dna sample yeah, yeah. this is this has been great let me let me ask you um, is there anything that we can do for you i know this kind of you know not just feel good moment I'm, I'm serious like what are there some things that we can do to to help any cause that you've got going or anything top of mind
2: Two things come to mind. Uh, one, uh, my left rear tire has a wobble to it. And You're asking the country exactly. boys. Is it yeah. slip belt or what? I'm not sure. Okay, that's the one. Okay. The other thing is, if they'd like the book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist, go to my website, drray.com, D-R-R-A-Y.com. It's there along with all the other books prior to that.
1: They're great. Lots of good reads
3: there. Yeah, it couldn't mm-hmm. have been more timely with, with the way that um, I think the it's like the the mind and the soul is the last frontier, and the popular culture is trying to go after it. So mm-hmm. good timing yeah. on
0: the book there. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, Dr. Ray, man, can we do this again sometime? This is <laughs> this was a lot of fun.
2: Sure. Sure. You know, when, when I when I heard Rome, boys, I thought R-O-A-M. And I
3: thought, well, yeah, but it's, are they going to get them in one place or what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we're roaming from home sometimes. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And we thought, you know, boys, no, we're men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just doesn't sound as cool if we
1: say Roman. No. Uh, yeah. We called uh, us middle schoolers earlier, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, we like being boys.
0: We're trying to prolong.
2: Well, I'm going to. I'm doing a uh, some taping with a TV show in Boise, Idaho.
1: Hmm.
2: Now, I talked to the people in Boise, and I said, "You're you're probably going to have to change your town's name. Uh, you can't say Boise. That's kind of gender insensitive. <laughs> you might have to say, have to say Kitsie <laughs> <laughs> or."
3: CIS-C, right? There you go CIS-C. Okay, there you go. CIS-C. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, sorry. Uh, Wrong term. Oh, goodness gracious. Can't even speak anymore.
0: Yeah, right? I never could. Yeah. Well, Dr. Ray, thanks again for joining us. And... Uh, I encourage everybody to tune into your radio show. I always enjoy sure. your, your radio show. Your, my favorite part of your radio show is when you talk about how you take time off of purgatory because you're so irritating to listen to. Yeah. It. <laughs> We're just trying to help add to that today. So You guys
2: should have no time left.
1: Yes!
3: <laughs> Better than a scapular, Dr. Ray Garandi. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's good. I'm going to steal that. Awesome. Well, thanks for everything. Thanks for your time. You know, even some technical difficulties early on. Uh, this has been great. We appreciate it. And um, yeah. in the meantime, be real, be bold, be Catholic.
1: God, God bless. bless. I
2: appreciate it.